Good to have you here this morning. And we are blessed. Um, we have great friends in the ministry and out of our home church in Marysville. Um, Brotherhood raised up young men of God who uh, just began to answer the call and go around the world and preach the gospel. And uh, one of those young men was Willie Wampler. And uh, mailed a young, married a young lady. I can say that. Married a young lady named Gail. Amen. And uh, they've been in full-time ministry for years and years and years. And now their son, Caleb, is answering God's call. He was serving with them as their youth pastor. And then he got connected with Reinhard Bonnke's ministry and started preaching the gospel and feeling God's call to be an evangelist to the world. And God's sending him out and uh, getting ready to go back to India and uh, to do crusades there coming up this year. So I want you to welcome young Caleb Wampler. She comes this morning and bring the word. Come on, son. Hallelujah. Can you give it up for your pastor, a man of God, a man of character, a man of integrity? We honor you, pastor. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be with you here this morning, and I'm going to show you a video in just a second, but I just wanted to greet you. Um, I do evangelism now all over the world, and we'll go in, uh, to areas that are unreached for mass gatherings of people and preach the gospel. Wonderful miracles will take place, and I'm going to tell you some stories here in just a minute, but before that happens, why don't you come with me to Asia and Latin America and uh, on this video here, so God bless you. I declare with all of the authority that God has put inside of me right now for every person within the sound of my voice who may be dead, may you rise up from your graves tonight. For every person with a dead calling, may you be restored tonight back to all that God has for your life. May you walk with purpose and destiny in Jesus' name. I declare miracles, signs, wonders, healings in Jesus' name. You feel it from the bottom of your toes to the top of your head? And you still feel it right now? Do you want to feel it some more? May every single person that has come here looking for something that is real have a kingdom encounter with Jesus Christ tonight. I give you all of the glory. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus is so wonderful, and we are so grateful and appreciative and honored that we get to take the gospel to the nations with our lives. I won't say some of the names of the countries, but if you can read, you probably were able to read a couple of the spots in there. We go to very dangerous and unreached places that are, uh, that are very difficult to get into, and so 
With that said, I won't say some of the names because I know this is being live streamed today. With that said, we are able to uh, see tens of thousands of people at a time come to hear the gospel. We then pray for them and wonderful miracles will begin to take place. Um, You can see the picture behind me right there. Uh, just at our most recent campaign in November, this happened uh, in, a, in an area in South Asia where God moved just incredibly. And um, I'll tell you some of the stories here in just a minute. But before that, um, there's a ne- the next slide here. You'll be able to see a way that you can receive updates and partner updates with our ministry. So we send out email updates and we uh, will keep you guys in touch with what God is doing. On the screen, you'll see a phone number. And you can just text your first name, your last name, and your email address if you want to receive our updates of where God is taking us. Right now, we're actually planning campaigns in eight different countries of the earth, and uh, we're looking forward to what God wants to do. Uh, Through this, you'll receive updates about where God is taking us. Usually, we do a monthly update, and then also during our campaigns, we do a daily update as well. So you can see uh, what God is doing. So we'll, we'll, we'll share updates with the miracles, where we are um, for, the, for the updates for the campaigns and what's happening in specific regions. We've uh, actually had lots of miracles take place. And uh, do you mind if I share a few of them? Would that be okay? So, so uh, one of the really cool ones is a modern-day weather miracle. Uh, it reminded me, actually, this morning I was driving up with my grandparents, so I'll just let them wave and say hello. Uh, this is Joyce and Richard Peach, my grandma and grandpa, so welcome them. And while we were driving here this morning, we actually had a really, really thick fog in. I don't know if anybody else had to deal with that. We were coming from the Marysville area, and it was just really difficult to see uh, a few feet in front of us. And it reminded me of what happened actually at that very campaign. The night before the campaign, the, there was uh, a, a thick, thick fog that came in, and I actually was delayed going in and out of the country because of the delay. And uh, the, the permits for our campaign were canceled and we had to go back the day of the campaign. They had been in place for months, and they got pulled the night before our campaign because there was weather difficulties in the region. So uh, when uh, the morning of, we went and pleaded with the locals to give us back the permits, and they decided to because the fog in the area had lifted just enough where they felt comfortable to give them back out. Well, meanwhile, um, people are pressing through the fog. We send out 80 buses into all kinds of different villages to bring the people in, miracles are taking place, signs are taking place, wonders are taking place, just wonderful things. And in in this, um, the Sunday morning, a lot of the pastors that were participating, some of them drove an hour, two hours, three hours back to their uh, to their villages and their churches to, to share in their churches. Well, when they went back, we ended up hearing the story Sunday night that out as soon as they crossed the border of the city we were in, the fog was still there. Day and night, there was cars and ditches everywhere. They don't have street lights like in America. So it was just just chaos outside of the city. But in our city, the fog lifted so we could hold the campaign. And I kid you not, I get back into the car on the final night of our campaign and leave, and the fog was so thick we couldn't see more than two feet in front of us. I took a video of it, and it was amazing. But we couldn't see more than two feet in front of us. As soon as the campaign ended, fog came back. I got delayed leaving the country because of it. Um, I was there for an extra day just trying to get out so we have enough clearance. So I saw a modern-day weather miracle, which is pretty cool, just like Jesus calmed the storm and the wind and the wave and the sea. Some of the other cool healings is we've had blind eyes open and deaf ears open. And just for the sake of time, I won't go into some of them, but we've had people leave uh, leave uh, wheelchairs and crutches. Cripples have walked. 
Um, the blind have seen, the, the deaf have heard. We've had tumors that have fallen off of people. Um, one lady had a, had a protruding stomach because of a rare disease, and it wasn't obesity or anything like that. It was just a rare disease that caused uh, her stomach to be out really far. So she was very obviously self-conscious of this, and um, she, she was in the service, and I felt this word of knowledge. Somebody that is sitting out here is dealing with a uh, a stomach issue that is causing you lots of pain and discomfort, and you're very conscious about it. And I said, I said, the, the Holy Spirit is going to touch you right now, and you're going to be healed. You're going to feel a warm heat. I said, just tell Jesus you love him and that you want him to touch you, and you're going to receive a wonderful miracle. That night, she went home because she felt a burning in her stomach, and when she took off her clothes that night, she found that her stomach had shrunk. Well, she went to her husband and, and her family, who were very devout in a different religious faith that is extremist towards to, towards Christians typically. And in this, um, they were they were very concerned at first. Where did you go? What happened to you? And they they told her. She said, "I went and heard the American man tell me about a man named Jesus who could heal me." And and um, she said, "They said she said we should go and hear him because I think he has healed me. I think this God is real and that he actually is alive." Her her kids were shocked because they said, "Mama, your stomach is small. It's very small." And so they went the next night, and their whole family gave their lives to the Lord as well. So praise the Lord for that. And with these wonderful miracles, we just give praise to the Lord. Can I tell you one more story? Um, in, in, the, in the meantime, if you want to receive our updates, feel free to text that number. But um, the very final night of the campaign, you know, in these places, we can die for our faith. I could, I could be in prison. I could be the next Donald Trump story where he's trying to free an American from a prison. I mean, it could be me. I kid you not. Like, we're in dangerous places. And so with that, the final night, I, I, I had committed my life. Lord, I'm in this all the way. And um, we go into the final night, three minutes left before I'm about to cast the nest for salvation. I'm like, if you want to receive Jesus, you know. And in from the back of this 12,000-seat tent comes this battalion of security and police officers, and there's a dignitary of some kind that's coming in with them. And I'm like, I knew he was important. I knew I was in trouble. So um, I said, okay, if I'm going to go to heaven right now, I said, I'm going to at least bring all these people with me and give them a chance. So I said, if, if uh, they, they're marching down, they come across the front of the platform and go up the side of the stage and come in. And I didn't turn around because I didn't want to see what they were going to say. So I just said, if you want to receive Jesus tonight, lift your hands, stand to your feet. And in that moment, there was a great harvest where over seven or 8,000 people in that moment gave their lives to the Lord. Um, all 26,000 that you saw in there, they all were connected into local churches in the region, and even many were planted because of the campaign. So praise the Lord for that. But, but in that... Um, I, I didn't know, you know, in that moment what I should do. So they all started giving their lives to the Lord. One of the locals taps me and says, hey, the chief of police is here. I said, okay. I said, he just gave his life to Jesus. <laughs> but I wasn't done yet because I was raised, in the, like, like Pastor Don said, in a different kind of DNA where there's more than, more than going on with the Holy Spirit that he wants to do. So I then grabbed the mic again. I said, well, if nobody's going to stop me, then I'm going to keep going. I said, I said if you want to receive the Holy Spirit tonight, I said, we're going to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and for the gifts of the Spirit to fall on your life. And in that moment, we had over 3,000 people lifting their hands, saying that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were speaking in tongues. They were, they were receiving visions and dreams. We heard many stories with this. And um, many of them, we prayed for prophecy to touch their family and faith and healing and miracles. It was wonderful. 
And then the same person taps me on the shoulder, and I turned just enough to see them because I didn't want to see who else was behind me. <laughs> I said, I said, I said, yes. They said, hey, the chief of police just got filled with the Holy Spirit too. He's speaking in tongues back there. So, I <laughs> so at that point, I turned around. I said, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So praise the Lord. We're just so thankful for what he's doing. And um, in all the wonder and the miracles of it all, um, there's something I've learned, and I'm going to talk about that today. I actually preached a different sermon in first service, so I don't know if there's anybody from first service that's still here, but I actually felt compelled to preach a different message in first and a different message in second. So um, you're going to hear a different message. If you're here and you stayed, then you're going to get to hear the other one I told you about. But I'm looking forward to what God wants to do today. If you just lift your hands to heaven, we're just going to pray, and then I'm going to go into a message the Lord has put on my heart for you. Father, in Jesus' name, we give you all the glory and we thank you for what you're doing in the nations of the earth, Lord. Um, this isn't anything that, uh, that I am doing, Lord. This isn't anything that our team is doing, Lord. This is something that you are doing in the earth, Lord. You are pouring out your spirit in the last days like you said, Lord. And sons and daughters are prophesying and old men are dreaming dreams, Lord. And young men are seeing visions, Lord. You are pouring out your spirit, Lord, for your end time coming, Lord. We just pray that you would breathe into the people in this room, Lord, and activate people in their gifts, Lord. Activate people in revelations of of the Holy Spirit, Lord. I pray that today as we talk about the most important thing of all, Lord Jesus, I pray that the intimacy would breathe in our hearts and that you would do something special in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm excited to jump into this. At the end, um, pending time, we're going to pray for as many of you as we can, but I'm going to actually... Uh, I'm actually going to activate all of you today to go ahead and pray for people too. And we're going to see wonderful miracles in this place. We already saw some in the first service, so I can't wait to dive into that. Um, if you want to open your Bibles to Mark chapter 3, verses 13 to 15, we're going to start there. Mark 3, 13 to 15. For those of you watching online, we just greet you in the name of Jesus, and you can feel free to follow your Bibles along with us as we go to the Word of God. Mark chapter 3, 13 to 15. Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those that he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed 12, designated them apostles, that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those that he wanted that they might be with him and that they would go do all the other stuff. The first calling of the disciples, of these apostles, were to be with him. It wasn't all the other stuff. It was through the being with him that everything else happened. These disciples changed the world. And without what they did, we would not be here today as followers of Jesus Christ. It was because of these men and because of them living out their faith after Jesus ascended back into heaven, they went into the earth and spread the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ into the earth. And it was because of what happened in those three years of being with him 
They responded to him and said yes, but it was in being with him that they were, went out and changed the world. We know that these disciples all gave their lives for the Lord with the exception of one who had his life attempted on multiple times, but beheading and poisonings and, uh, and crucifixions and upside down crucifixions and all kinds of horrible, horrible deaths for living their faith. But what did it come out of? Was it because Jesus said in Matthew 28, go into all the world and preach the gospel? Was it just because of his final words? Or was it because that in the being with him, something happened in their lives over three years of day-to-day life with the man Christ Jesus? It was in that action that everything changed for them and that it can change for us. My friends, I have news for you. Jesus is not dead. He is alive. And he wants relationship with you and with me. If you're not a follower of Christ today, I'll give you that opportunity at the end. But for those of us that have declared the fall of Christ, it's not that we just follow him by saying yes in one moment and then do nothing with it. There is a continual invitation to be with him. To be with him. They broke bread together. They slept in the same places. They talked over campfires. They waited on him and hung on his every word. Sometimes they got themselves in trouble by talking too much. Maybe they should have been listening a little more. You know, we know in John chapter uh, 21, I believe it is at the end, it says that there, if everything were to be written down that he actually did, the, ru- the world would not have room for the books that would be written concerning all that he was done. This is just almost like a highlight manual of everything that he actually did. It's a living, breathing book that comes alive. And the great thing is if we don't understand something, we can always ask the author and he can explain it to us. I don't know if anybody's ever had that happen, but many times I'm like, God, I don't understand this. And then all of a sudden, thought, vision, dream, prophetic word, somebody will call me. Hey, I felt like you were just reading. (laughs) He speaks to us because he's alive and he wants relationship with us. So when he calls to you, those that he wants, he's saying, will you come be with me and go change the world and do all that stuff? Yes, that's going to happen, but it's out of a byproduct of being with him. I have seen incredible things I rem- in, in my stories and my time with my former ministry and times in my life as well as what I'm currently doing right now. I've seen the most unbelievable things. I, I saw a seven-year-old girl who spoke for the very first time and heard for the very first time. Um, I saw the name Jesus whispered into her ear she heard it for the first time, first time she's ever heard anything. And then she spoke the name Jesus for the first time. Just an absolutely wonderful, the crowd of 300,000 people went absolutely nuts. They were like, this is amazing. We got to see a modern day miracle. And I remember coming back one night from a, from a campaign service. And the next day there was 40 sets of wheelchairs and crutches laying on the field. People didn't need them anymore. So they didn't know what to do with them and they didn't want to carry them home because most of them walked. So they just left him there. Incredible miracles, right? This is a a living, breathing Jesus that is alive today. The Holy Spirit is calling people to Jesus. It's this beautiful Godhead relationship where 
The father says, have you seen my son in whom I'm well pleased? Listen to him. The Holy Spirit's trying to get everybody back to Jesus. And Jesus is saying, without, without the Holy Spirit, it's actually better that I go because the Holy Spirit's going to come. And I only do what pleases my father. It's this beautiful trying relationship with the father, son, and the Holy Spirit. And they all are pointing back to relationship and intimacy with Jesus. The point and call of life is to be with him. It's the first calling, the very first calling, and everything comes out of that place. I'd like to give you that invitation today. Maybe you've known him your whole life, and maybe you've been with him for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Praise the Lord. I tell you, it's never, we can't exhaust him. We can't live without him. We can't uh, take our next breath without him, without his presence. We have nothing and are nothing but an empty shell of space. We need his presence, and his presence is his person. His presence is him. We need Jesus. When we say, Lord, send your presence, we're not praying just for presence. We're praying for him to be with us, to spend time with us, to breathe on us, to love us, to embrace us. And when those moments come, it's not for something else, but it's for that moment with us. And in those moments, I don't try to ask him all the questions that I've always wanted to know about. I just say, Oh, he's here. He's here. Jesus, you do the talking. I'm just going to shut up now because everything I say is probably going to sound stupid right now. And I can't come up with anything better than what you could say. So will you just do the talking? I'll just listen. Speak to me, Lord. You know, I've had people say, what if Jesus walked into a room? What would you say to him? And I would, through a vision one time, it actually happened to me, which is how I know what I would say. I was commissioned to go into the nations uh, from an early age. I always knew I'd be in the ministry, but back in September 2016, while I was working at a different ministry at the time, the Lord came to me in an incredible vision, and I didn't plan to share this, but I ended up on my face. Nobody else responded to an altar call that night. I didn't either because I never made it. I fell on my face. The presence of God fell upon my life. Before I knew it, a figure in a cloud of mystery approached me and kissed me on the forehead. And at that moment of the kiss, intimacy, my eyes were opened and it was the man, Jesus Christ. He was there with me. And I, I didn't know where I was or where I was going or what I was doing. But in this moment, I, I just began to shake and weep and cry and I couldn't move. I felt like I was dead, but I never felt more fully alive and I didn't know what else to do. And I just like watched and looked and stared into his eyes and everything inside of me just began to melt and fall away. It was all about him. It was all with him. It was all for him. It was all by him and it was all through him. Nothing else mattered but him. And he commissioned me to go preach the gospel in the nations. And I'm giving you just the really quick version of it. When I came out of the, the vision in that moment, I was ripped out of it because my wife shook me and said, Caleb, we got to go. Our son is everywhere and they're turning out the lights. And he's screaming. He's a toddler. He's like, let's go. And I, like in that moment, I was ripped out. And I, these were the words I said, Jesus, don't go. That's how I know what I would say to him. Jesus, don't go! Because that's what screamed out of my mouth when I was brought back into that, my body in that moment. For about a period of 90 seconds, I didn't even know I had a wife. I didn't know I had a son. My wife was pregnant at the time. I didn't know I had one on the way. I didn't know I had a house or a car. 
I was with him and nothing else mattered. Nothing else mattered. It was being with him. In church, there's something more. If you know there's something more and you feel like you're just existing, this isn't the faith we were called to. We were called to be with him. And it isn't about all the other stuff I've seen or what you've seen or where we're going to go and what we're going to do for Christ. It's all about being with him. And as the byproduct of being with him, our lives will be ever changed and ever shaken to a core that we can't explain. Are you following me today? Church, it's about being with him because Jesus went on the mountainside and called to him those that he wanted that they might be with him. That they might be with him. There's a famous verse in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Many of us may know it, and you can feel free to turn your Bibles there if you want. But in Revelation 3, 20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and be with him and he with me. Many times in this verse, we think of it as a verse for just salvation. And I've, I'm an evangelist. I've used this verse many times. Until one day, the living, breathing author spoke to me and, and breathed it into my life. That the knocking does not stop. I thought that when I accepted him as an evangelist, as, I, as I've taught many times, that as I, when I accepted him into my life, that I started the invitation and it was to be with him and dine with him and he with me. And then after the meal, I go on with my life and keep living for him. But the Bible doesn't call us to just be people that do things for Christ. It's so much deeper than that. It's to do life with Christ, to be with him, to eat a meal with him in an everlasting place where in your soul you scream out, no, Jesus, don't go. There's a continual knocking because there's a continual invitation. A continual invitation to intimacy for relationship with you and with the Lord God. He wants you in an everlasting place of being with him. And from that place, everything else just makes sense. Everything comes together. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And this is when it started to get, when it started to get deep in my soul. For a living, I go and preach the gospel now. I do gospel campaigns and I pray with people and counsel people and see miracles, signs, and wonders. And many times after these services, I'll come back into my hotel room and I'll just I'll sit there and I'll weep and I'll say, Jesus, thank you for everything tonight, but the reward is you. The reward is you, what you showed up. You were here. You were with me. Right now I'm with you and you're with me. Right now we're in this moment together. That's the reward. It wasn't all the other stuff. That was just a byproduct of who he is. The miracles are going to happen because he's here. But it's, it's the relationship of he and I. And then one moment it hit me even deeper because there's this whole thing with ministry and you're going and changing the world for Christ, right? It's what we do. I'm an evangelist. It's what I get to do now. And then it, it struck me, you know, there's that, there's that old famous verse that says, depart from me, I never knew you, right? He, he says in there, he says, uh, you know, it says, but Lord, we perform miracles in your name. And did we not cast out demons in your name? And he says, depart from me, I never knew you. 
the, the profound mystery and secret is in the relationship. He didn't know them. And there will be many in the last days. May that never be said of me. May you, if you ever see me not with him, make sure you call me out. You can call me and tell me. Because my heart's cry is to be with him. And then it started to become more clear even in the preaching that while I'm preaching this gospel right now to you and you're hearing, maybe some of you are taking notes, behold, Caleb, I stand at the door and knock. Even while you're preaching, are you with me? Are you just doing it for me? In that moment, everything started to change in the relationship, even in the ministry, started to be sensitive to his voice more and in the preaching and the miracles and the signs, the wonders, the prophetic, all these things would start to flow. And there's something that happens when you're at the gas station and at the McDonald's and when you go out to dinner with your family and you realize there's people everywhere that you go that need him. You don't have to just do general rote things. You can be specific with them because he's speaking to you about that person saying, hey, their name's Jill. They're struggling with depression. Go tell them that, I'm, that I know about them and I love them and I heard their prayer last night. And you go to them at an Applebee's and their life's changed. It just starts to happen in the gas stations and the restaurants and the shopping centers as well as in the mass gatherings of people as you heard the mir- some of the miracles being called out from the mic. It's just a byproduct of who he is. He wants to help people. He loves people because he's calling all them to be with him too. When you're with him, then you know about him and you know that he loves people and then the byproduct of your life is relationship with others and then his thoughts for them become your thoughts for them. His desires for them become your desires for them. Pretty soon you don't hate them anymore even though they stole your money. You love them. You love them because you realize they need a relationship too. It starts to change in your life. Is anybody hearing this today? Because he went on the mountainside to call to him those that he wanted, that they would be with him. Because behold, he stands at the door and knocks. And if anyone will open the door, he will come in and eat with you and you with him. He will come in and be with you and you with him. Jesus, we worship you today. You're all I want. You're all I need. You're all I've ever needed. The point of this whole thing, the point of this whole life is you, Jesus. The whole thing is about you. I just feel prompted to just sing a worship song. If you want to sing it with me, feel free. Draw me close to you. Never let me go. I lay it all down again. To hear you say that I'm your friend. You are my desire. No one else will do. Because nothing else could take your place. To feel the warmth of your embrace. Help me find a way. And bring me back to you. And you're all I want. And you're all I've ever needed. And you're all I want. And help me know you are. 
You're the only one that I want, Jesus. You're the only one that I want, Jesus. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. You're lovely. You're excellent. You're admirable. You're praiseworthy. You, you, Jesus. If you want to turn your Bibles to Luke 10, 38 to 42, we're going to close into, in this passage here today. And as time allows, we'll do some ministry at the altars. Be with him, church, not just for him. Luke 10, 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that needed to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all of the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. This is one of my favorite passages in Scripture. Pastor, we need people like Martha in our church, right, that are going to go do all the hospitality and be the nursery workers. <laughs> we need them to do all the crockpot cooking for the, for the meals and potlucks, right? <laughs> we need them to work, <laughs> work and get things done and be greeters and ushers. And if you're not doing that, I encourage you to dive into your church and help out in some way. But Martha took it too far. <laughs> she was distracted by all the preparations that needed to be made. On the outside, I look at Martha and say, okay, Martha opened up her home. She's having a small group at her house. She got the famous Pastor Jesus to come over. <laughs> I mean, this is pretty good, right? She got Pastor Jesus to come. I mean, this guy's booked, like, you know. I mean, he's hearing all the prayers of the entire universe, and, you know. <laughs> she got Pastor Jesus to come to her house. And the Bible doesn't say she enlisted everybody to bring a meal to share and a drink to share. It just says she did it. She just wanted her sister to help, right? That was the, that was the main thing. And I often found this funny, a little, uh, this story a little bit funny, but until like it finally like hit me at the core, what Jesus wanted from Martha wasn't all the stuff, although it was good to have that stuff, but she just kept going and going and going and going. He just wanted her. And this is what's interesting about prayer and listening. You know, we, we find the story of the feeding of the 5,000 and all that. And they're like, he's going to send them all away. And Jesus cared about their need for hunger and provided a meal for hunger from out of nowhere, right? He, was, he fed them. He actually cared about the fact that they were hungry and thirsty and gave them something to eat. I mean, he's, he cares about that stuff too. So even when we get hungry, he's thinking about that part too, you know. Now maybe maybe it wouldn't be bad to fast every once in a while, right? <laughs> and let him come in and maybe go without food here and there. But he cares about your needs, as demonstrated in the scripture. And, and, and through Martha, he was caring about their needs too. But she took it too far. And his response to her astounds me because he says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. It was probably bigger than just, Mary, help me. 
but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. What was Mary doing? Sitting at the Lord's feet, listening to him. Therein lies the secret. (laughs) Only one thing is needed. Sitting at the Lord's feet, listening to him. I don't know who you are, what you're going through. I don't know your life stories. If you catch one thing, the rest of your life, in every sermon that's ever preached, in every conference you ever go to, for every job you ever work, for every small group you attend, for every paycheck you bring home for your family, it's, it's this, that one thing is needed. That one thing won't be taken away from you. To sit at the Lord's feet and listen to him. To hang on every word that he says and let him instruct the other needs of your life, including the hunger and the need to provide and all of these things. He's going to give you brilliant ideas that you can implement in business. He's going to give you brilliant ideas on how to talk to your lost loved ones to bring them home. He's going to give you ideas on your family vacations, and he knows that cruise you've been wanting to take that's deep in your heart. You know, He, know, he cares about you. He, he cares about those things too. We see it in Scripture. But if you were to list out the hundred top priorities of your life, List them out and you can make mental notes. You got all 100 of them lined up in the perfect order. All right, when this amount of money comes in, I'll do this. When this amount of time comes in, I'll do this. And he cares about those 100 things more than you do and knows the correct order. (laughs) And he can prioritize them. So what's the secret? It's being with him. One thing is needed because Jesus went on the mountainside, Pastor Don, to call those that he wanted. He wants you, he wants you, he wants you to be with him. That's while everything in your life will change. I I love counselors and teachers and pastors and leaders and evangelists and what God has created in the fivefold ministry and all the other workers, how he uses a friend to carry you through a hard time. And all those things are important and needed, but But the secret is that being with him answers all of it. If you're having marriage issues, you need Jesus. If your kid's falling away, you need Jesus. If you're not making it, you need Jesus. If everything in your life is perfect, you need Jesus more than all the other people because then you're going to think you did it. Come on, church. Be with him and the rest of it just makes sense. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The second part of that verse, the second part of that verse says, Jesus went on the mountainside, called those he wanted. He pointed them apostles to go to the nations that they might be with him. And first priority is being with him. And that they might, he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Matthew 10, 8 says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You know, some people say, well, how come the dead don't get raised? And it's like, well, have you prayed for anybody that's dead? You know, how come the sick don't get healed? Well, why don't you pray for the sick? You know, (laughs) how come the lepers don't get cleansed? Well, are you going to find the lepers? (laughs) 
I haven't personally seen a leper yet in my life. I haven't been around one yet, so I haven't been able to put that into practice. But you know what I'm saying here? (laughs) Go out there and do something with your faith. And as you're with him, he's going to lead you and guide you and direct you and instruct you in reaching other people and in yourself, you know. He's going to say, hey, you need to work on that anger problem today. (laughs) And hold that tongue. You know, all of a sudden you're going to start to become more like him. And then you care about what he cares about and do the things that he cares about. I mean, Jesus never turned anybody away that needed healing. You know, he just met their need. That's what we do. We just, we meet the needs through Christ and turn people to Jesus where, where the Jesus with skin on. We try to be like him and not because we're trying to do it for him, but because we're with him and we just become that in our life. I mean, is anybody hearing me today? This is going to happen. Miracles are going to happen. Signs are going to happen. Wonders are going to happen. What's, what struck me strange about this whole thing now going into the nations is many people are like, well, why do the miracles happen overseas, but they never happen in America? You know, I actually, you know, in a quantity perspective, we see more there because there's bigger crowds there. You know, a church of 200 people versus a crowd of 30,000 and you know <laughs> from a quantity perspective but in a just percentage way we see just as many miracles in America happening you know I, I was in America in North Dakota just a few weeks ago and a few months ago and a lady that was there and this is the mindset and I'll just touch on this briefly because I think it kind of touches the nerve there was a lady there who was who was blind in both eyes and we prayed for uh, we, the lady came forward for prayer, and I said, "What would you like prayer for?" She said, "My back. I have back pain." I'm like, "Okay." So we pray for her. Her back pain gets healed. I said, "Wait a second. I said, "You're not. You're standing odd." I said, "Can you sit down on a chair?" So so she sits on a chair and realizes her. I said, "I think your leg is shorter than the other one." So her legs were different lengths. And so I said, "Hey, we'll just pray for your leg to grow out, and then you'll be good." You know, pray for the leg to grow out right in front of all of our eyes, except for hers because she was blind. The leg grows out. Her legs go even. I mean, just absolutely amazing. Everybody there is just like praising the Lord. I'm like, anything else you'd like prayer for? I'd like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Pray for to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And in the moment, I just said, I don't know why, but I feel like I'm supposed to tell you, you're going to wake up in the middle of the night and you're going to have an encounter with the Lord of some kind. She didn't get filled in the moment. Three in the morning, the next day, she wakes up praying in the Spirit. It has an encounter with the Lord, just absolutely amazing. Comes back that night, I'm like, anything else we can pray for? She's like, she's like, oh, no, I'm really good. I just can't believe he's doing all these things. Praise the Lord. I'm like, then I was just like, break the ice, you know. Would you like me to pray for your blind eyes? <laughs> she's like, no, no, no. She's like, it's okay, you know. It's been like this for so long. I just, I know how to do life like this. And and like, I thought, I sat there in the moment and I'm like, I don't think the, the problem in America, you know, if, if that's, what she wants to do, then it's the same thing with all of us who wear glasses, you know, I mean, hey, we're going to pray for miracles today, and then nobody with glasses comes forward to receive miracle, because we have glasses, we don't need the, you know, in other countries, you know what I'm saying, they, they don't have all the other options, so they're just like, God, touch me or else, and it happens for them, so we see miracles all the time in America, too, and I'm just saying that because it's a mindset thing, how we look at the supernatural, you know, I want God to touch me, but I got my glasses. I can see pretty good right now. You know, maybe I don't need to pray for it as much because I, I have an answer to prayer. Maybe maybe Jesus answered my prayer through glasses, but maybe there's something more. You know, you know what I'm saying? So just to just to kind of step on your toes a little bit, but to be nice and in a polite way, 
He can do anything. <laughs> he can do anything in the world. And he wants to touch you and use you and be with you and, and everything. And he wants to use you to do it. So if you just want to stand to your feet right now, if somebody just wants to come up in the background and play the keys or something, I want to, I want to end this service. And I just want to ask anybody who wants to give their lives to the Lord. Pastor, I could go for like another three hours, but I know <laughs> I'm just going to stop for the sake of the nursery workers, right? So <laughs> if you would like to give your life to Jesus right now with every, with every head bowed down and every eye closed, if, you, if you're like, okay, this Jesus, I didn't know he did this. I didn't, never heard anything like this or, or I've heard it a hundred times, but this is my moment. I don't, I don't know what your situation is. But if you want to give your life to Jesus and follow him, a man who died for your sins and rose from the dead to prove he was the son of God, a man who's still alive today, if you want to give your life to Jesus, lift up your hands high and I want to pray for you and lead you in a prayer right now. If that's you, just lift your hand up and look at me. Okay, I see, I see a, a number of hands, uh, low a number of hands here. I just want to. I just want to lead you through a prayer right now. If everybody could pray this prayer with me, say, "Father God, I need you. You're the answer I've been looking for. Forgive me of my sins. Make me clean. I believe in your Son Jesus. Save me now." Amen. Hallelujah. If, if you made that decision, please talk to pastor afterwards. I want to I wanna give you an opportunity to, to respond to that and for him to plug you into some of the things I have here in the church. If you need a miracle today, though, I will stay afterwards and lay hands on people that, that would like some extra prayer. But before I do any of that, I just want to show you that God wants to use you. Because... He wants to use you as much as he wants to try to use me in other places or here. He wants to use you. So if you need a miracle, any kind of a miracle, if you need a healing, just lift up your hand right now where you are. Just lift it up high, really high so everybody can see. Now, if you're not lifting your hand, I want you to look up and go to a person with their hand up. Go ahead and do that right now. Keep your hands really high until... When somebody gets to you, then you can put your hand down. But keep it high until somebody is with you. So as soon as somebody's with you, please put your hand down just so I, I know that there's nobody left. I see some people back here on my left, your right, if, if we could have some help back there. Okay, anybody left? Somebody, a couple more over here on my right, or my left, your right. Okay. I think everybody's got somebody. Okay. Many of you got like 10 people with you or something. So just one person in your group, I want you to ask them, what do you need prayer for? And just respond in five seconds or less. Go ahead and answer them. What do you need a miracle of? All right, does everybody have an answer? Does everybody have an answer? Okay, the spirit of God is here. Jesus wants to touch people. Now, everybody listen just real closely. You can do this anywhere, not just right here. You can do this in gas stations and shopping centers. You can do this anywhere, okay? You just ask them, hey, do you got something you need prayer for? They answer. Now, what I want you to do is just say, Father, in Jesus' name, I rebuke, fill in the blank, 
pray a simple prayer. Go ahead. Right now, I rebuke headaches and migraines in Jesus' name. Blind eyes open. Deaf ears open. Cripples walk. Tumors fall. Cancer go in Jesus' name. Right now, I speak to everybody with an impossible need. May your need be met today in Jesus' name. I pray for the gifts of the Spirit to fall fresh on your life. Visions and dreams and miracles and signs and wonders and faith and speaking in tongues and healing and interpretation. Uh, Lord, right now, I just pray you'd release these giftings right now over everybody that's here. Father, right now, I speak to everybody with stomach and intestinal issues. For those that are dealing with a disease they'd rather not talk about, a private issue, Lord, I rebuke those in Jesus' name.